Hi there, I'm Nicolette Reed, and this is EIB Export News. Hello, my name is Nicolette Reed, and welcome back to the EIB Export News Podcast. And today's podcast is going to be all about cybersecurity. Just any old cybersecurity, but cybersecurity that matters if you are a company that is engaged in making defense products or offering defense services or training of any kind. Okay, so if you make anything for a prime level defense contractor, or if you make anything for the US Navy, Army, Air Force, or Marines, even if it's a tiny uh, component or accessory, then you have to meet a certain level of cybersecurity standards at your company so that nobody can sneak in through your back cyber door and steal all the written information about the tech that you're making, okay? So everything that we cover today, we also offer in a full training class. Uh, so today you're going to get the real abridged version or cliff notes version of these new cybersecurity requirements. So these were announced in November of 2020, and I think they first started mentioning them in September 2020, but basically it's a certain level of requirement that you have to meet at your company. So we're going to cover the Cliff Notes version of that, if you will, but if you're interested in learning more about cybersecurity, and if you are a defense company, I do urge you to learn more about cybersecurity, you can reach on out to us. We are offering this class uh, January 8th. If January 8th doesn't work for you, you could certainly schedule a different training session with us. So if you want to find out more about that, you can go to our website, which is www.eib.com or 978-256-0438. That's our office number. You can call and say, hey, I'm interested in cybersecurity. I was listening to the podcast and you can go ahead and schedule from there. So with that being said, let's go ahead and get started today. So basically what's happened is the Department of Defense has come out and said, hey, your cybersecurity is not good enough. You know, we're finding our military grade products all over the world, and that's because they're stealing it from us. Okay, so now they're trying to protect, you know, stuff when it's already kind of in a dire situation. I mean, we already have drones in China. We already have um, all kinds of other tech in other countries that really shouldn't have been there yet, but it is because people just weren't protecting stuff. You know, I don't care what else you've been hearing. Otherwise, according to the FBI and the CIA, China and Russia are still the major cyber thieves in this country. They're both equally as guilty, and so you need to protect your stuff better than you have been. All right, so they rolled out this thing in DOD called the Cyber Integrity Initiative, which is called CI2. And that was supported by the Department of Defense, Office of Small Business Programs, which is DOD OSBP. So they decided to roll out something called Project Spectrum, and they decided that's going to be the definitive platform to strengthen the cybersecurity of small and medium-sized businesses, as well as universities, you know, because I think universities was an area that was commonly overlooked, unfortunately, for a very long time in terms of security. And the issue with that is we have a lot of international students who come here on visas and things like that, which is great. But they start learning about all these things that we are developing at these universities. And then unfortunately, those university students then go back home to their 
home countries and they share that information. Or maybe they get hired by another company and share that information with that company. Or maybe before they were even a student over here, they came over here with that directive to steal our technology, okay? So Project Spectrum basically provides resources, information, training, and risk assessments to help companies and institutions improve cyber readiness and comply with DOD requirements. So you can look up Project Spectrum and find out more about what those DOD cyber requirements are. Um, I will let you know that we're not really cyber experts here at EIB. We're export compliance experts, if you will. Uh, But cybersecurity is a level of, of security requirement that you have to meet if you're an ITAR level company or a company that engages in making defense level technology. So maybe you're not an ITAR company, maybe you're a 600 series company. All right, so those are companies who are making products that were ITAR products once upon a time, but they've now been moved over to the commercial side EAR and given a 600 series special number, okay? But they can still be used and integrated for defense globally. So they still get protected a certain way. So if you make any of those types of products, you're supposed to meet a certain level of cybersecurity. So we're going to talk a little bit about the cybersecurity maturity model certification, which is CMMC. And that's basically the framework um, or best practices, if you will, for cybersecurity standards. And this came from inputs from the defense industrial base and the Department of Defense stakeholders. So these groups got together and they decided this is what's really needed here. So the cybersecurity maturity model certification will encompass multiple maturity levels, which are basically tiers that range from level one basic cybersecurity hygiene to level four or five advanced progressive. And so the intent is to incorporate the new CMMC standards with the existing DeFars standards and use it as a requirement for contract award, defense contract awards. So in other words, if you wanted to bid on a defense contract or awarded one, you were already expected to meet DeFars requirements. But now it's been codified, if you will, by these additional regulations. So what is the CMMC AB? So the AB stands for accreditation body. All right. So the CMMC AB establishes and oversees qualified, trained, and high fidelity community of assessors that can deliver consistent and informative assessments to participating organizations against a defined set of controls and best practices within the CMMC program. So basically, these folks have been approved to come in and give you a gap audit on your cybersecurity at your company. You know, gap audits are something that we can provide uh, for export compliance, but in order to meet the CMMC cybersecurity levels, you want to make sure that whoever is auditing your cybersecurity is one of these community assessors, one of these accredited assessors, okay? So what are the levels or tiers, if you will? So you have a level one, which is safeguard federal contract information, all right? So FCI is what federal contract information is. Level two serves as a transition step in cybersecurity maturity progression to protect CUI. So what is CUI? It's controlled unclassified info. And then we have level three, uh, which is meant to protect controlled unclassified information and controlled 
technical information is a subcategory of CUI. So that's like tech data, written information about your product, okay? If it's about a controlled product, then the written information about that product gets equally as controlled, okay? So that's your level three. And then you have your levels four through five, all right? And these levels or tiers are meant to protect CUI and reduce risk of advanced persistent threats, or APTS. Advanced persistent threats, uh, they are still coming in primarily from Russia and from uh, China. There are some other areas uh, as well, but those are still the two highest areas. So let's talk a little bit more about the defense industrial base, because a lot of folks don't even know they're part of the defense industrial base. So DIB is actually defined as the worldwide industrial complex that enables research development, as well as design, production, delivery, and maintenance of military weapon systems, software systems, subsystems, and components or parts, as well as purchased services to meet U.S. requirements. So basically, almost all defense contractors are considered to be part of the defense industrial base. Subcontractors with DFARS flowdowns. So be aware, okay? DFARS 252.204-7012. If you're a subcontractor and you contract with a prime, you should ask about the flowdown of this clause to you. Okay, ask, is there a DFARS requirement for me to be meeting here? All right, your prime should know and should be able to let you know if that's something you're supposed to be doing. So you can tell on your own though, if your contract requires NIST SP, which is N-I-S-T, SP 800-171. By looking for a contract clause that calls out DeFars 252-204-7012. If you see that clause listed in your contract, then that means you're supposed to be meeting those requirements. So in other words, if you're a DOD contractor that's concerned about the CMMC requirements, there's a decent chance that you should have already been following the NIST SP 800-171 already. So if I were you, I'd look that up and get familiar with that because that's something you were already supposed to be meeting, you know, years ago. So I'm going to give you an extreme paraphrase of what DeFars 7012 requires contractors with CUI to do. So you're supposed to already be using only cloud vendors that are listed in the FedRAMP marketplace and that report their incidents to the U.S. So there's actually a marketplace.fedramp.gov that you can go to to look for that vendor list, okay? Because you don't want to be using a cloud vendor from a different country, especially not a prescribed country, if you make defense products. You also want to implement NIST Special Publication 800-171 requirements against contractor-owned networks. There's also mandatory reporting to DOD if there is a cyber incident, and you're also supposed to notify DOD if you can't implement all 800-171 requirements. Because sometimes, depending on the size of your company, and the technology at your company, you may not be able to meet all those requirements. But if you couldn't, that was something you were supposed to notify DOD about. So everything I just read to you, those are the basic, you know, extreme paraphrase. Those are the basic requirements of DFARS 7012 that you were already supposed to be meeting. Now the new DFARS interim rules requires that self-assessment be considered for contracts 
if you handle CUI. Uh, the effective date is November 30th, 2020, but it was announced back in September. So there's best practices uh, that are extremely relevant to CMMC, and they're reused for almost all of the CMMC level one, level two, level three practices. So during the gradual rollout of CMMC, most contracts will not require CMMC certification, at least not yet. Uh, However, contracts that process controlled unclassified information, which is CUI, will still require to at least meet NIST 800-171 until that point. So it's always a good idea to get compliant with NIST 800-171 first and then worry about the CMMC requirements afterwards because then at least you already have, you know, the bare minimum in place that you were already supposed to have in place, folks, a few years ago. All right, so if you don't, get started with that and then you're already at least a step in the right direction to getting compliant with CMMC. So a major sponsor of CMMC audits, uh, Carry Solutions, has started the process to become an auditor and is building a wait list for audits in early 2021. So Carry Solutions, that's K-I-E-R-I Solutions, uh, we're not affiliated with them in any way. However, they are cyber experts and they are able to give you a gap analysis of your cybersecurity. So I do suggest you get on that waiting list. Eventually, there will be other providers listed on the CMMC accreditation body website as they are approved. But currently, right now, Carry Solutions is the only approved one. So I would just go ahead and hop on that waiting list and, you know, if you're way down there at the waiting list, you know, keep going back to that CMMC accreditation body website and checking for new providers. And as soon as there's another provider, you know, maybe you can get a little higher up on the waiting list than you can with Carry, since right now Carry Solutions is the only existing one. All right, so now what I'd like to do is review what the CMMC level one requirements actually are. Um, when we give the full presentation, not only do we go over these requirements, but we break them down a little bit more for you, and we give examples of how you could pass each one of these requirements, as well as how you could fail each one of these requirements. So I'm not going to read every one of those pass-fails to you uh, right now, because I'm just trying to do a podcast, so it's a more abridged version of this, if you will. So CMMC level one requirements, you know, who's allowed access to devices at your company and are they connected? So basically you want to limit information systems access to only authorized users. Uh, Please note though, if you use a managed service provider and it's a company that operates your network for you, they could actually lower your security rating if they are not secure themselves. So your contract with the MSP should also have language about them meeting the CMMC level one requirements too. You also want to assign user rights to most accounts, all right? So limit information system access to the types of transactions and functions that authorized users are permitted to execute, all right? A good way to fail this would be that everybody has administrator rights on computers and devices at your company. You don't want to share your neighbor's network. Um, You know, verify and control limit connections, and use of external information systems at your company. A good way to fail would be sharing your Wi-Fi network with another business in the same building. Uh, So that's an example right there. And we give other examples as well if you want to sign up for the full class. You don't want to share your data with the world. Um, In the 90s, we would say, duh, 
to that, okay? <laughs> you want to control your information posted or processed on public accessible information systems, all right? How to fail, you know, the requirements seem so easy, yet it's also the cause of many recent headaches for the Department of Defense. So when you set up a cloud storage location, uh, simply share it with everyone or use a blank password. And now everyone on the internet can view and download your files. Okay, so that's an example of how to fail. Make accounts for each employee. Make separate accounts for each employees, all right? You want to identify information systems users and processes acting on behalf of users or devices, all right? A good way to fail would be multiple people know the password for your computer. You want to change the default passwords. Um, a good way to fail would be letting your very old manufacturing computer have no password because it controls factory machines, and production would be slower if you had to log on to it each day. So instead, you just don't even put a password on there. Never changing the default password on your security system is another big way to fail. Crush it, shred it, or overwrite it before you trash it, people. So a good way to fail um, would be selling your old work computers to someone who uses it uh, for forensic techniques to read the sensitive data stored on them. You know, let someone borrow a thumb drive with previously stored sensitive info on it. You know, so you want to make sure that you are properly sanitizing or destroying information system media containing federal contract information before disposal or release or reuse. Thank you so much for joining me today on my very first podcast with EIB Export News. My name is Nicolette and I was your host. I look forward to seeing you every other week. Till then, remember, export compliance, it's the law. We make it simple.